0: what's up podcast listener if you're sitting at your desk or riding in your car know that today you're joining a family of basketball professionals who are trying to change other people's lives through the game that changed theirs this podcast is going to take you along the journey of basketball entrepreneurs and how they make a living from the game that they love if i say anything anything that gives you value in this episode please go to itunes and leave me a top five top five top five review and now let's get to the show This podcast episode features a conversation I have with Coach Andrew Moran of Miami Hoop School in Miami, Florida. This is a very interesting guy, a very good coach too. He's helped a lot of trainers in the Miami and Orlando area get their starts. But this intro was being recorded during Hurricane Irma, so Coach Moran said he's good. He gave me the thumbs up, but if you don't mind, keep them and other trainers and families in your thoughts and prayers we're going to get right into this one but let me know if you have any trainers or player developers who will be good for the podcast who you think will provide a lot of value send me a message on instagram at Myson and jones i will reach out to them and have them on the podcast thank you all for your attention for listening and hope you get a ton of value from this everybody welcome to basketball to business podcast i have with me coach andrew moran coach did i pronounce that correctly you did did a great job man Cool. So uh, a guy named Patrick O'Brien, he's out in the Arizona area, I believe. His last name is Iris, too, and I butchered his last name. So I had to make up for it, man. Okay, no worries, man. No worries. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Man, no, thank you because I know we've been trying for a while, so I'm excited. Let's do it. So my question for you, man, you got, it seems like you have a long history, but you haven't been in a game that long. Tell me when you started – with this basketball training and how you got up to where you are today.
1: When I finished college and moved back, I got married pretty quickly. I was, I started coaching high school. And while I was coaching high school, the coach uh, allowed me to run a lot of the uh, skill portion of the practice, which I always, I know I just always really, really enjoyed it. And then I was coaching and then my wife got pregnant and, I decided to step out of coaching just because it requires so much time and not a whole lot of compensation. So um, I knew I wanted to find more ways, especially when my daughter came around, to be around a little more. And so I kind of did that. didn't coach for a while. And then a friend recommended me to an AAU team to go actually do some shooting workouts with them. And I went there. They really loved it. Uh, A couple guys... Requested or asked to do some privates, I started doing privates out of uh, this guy's backyard. He had a he had a court there, and basically that's where it really started. I started doing it just you know on the side to to enjoy, continue to be a part of basketball, and then it was you know it allowed me to make some extra cash that we were we can use to enjoy ourselves a little bit. But it really started there out of that. As far as becoming a business out of that backyard, and that guy is actually one of my biggest mentors now, and one of my one of my really good friends.
0: What year was this? You graduated college officially about five to six years ago. Um, wow, man, so you're fresh still.
1: Yeah, so it's been it's been good, and it's been up and down, and there were times that maybe it was better to go a different route. But you know, I through that time I I tried to surround myself with good mentors, not just in basketball, but in, in business and just in life, guys that had businesses and had families and and then I joined on with uh time possible training. And the one thing that I like about them, uh, Micah, what 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 I think he does the best is connected connected us with other trainers and to be able to relate like okay we're doing the same business you know what what's working for you there what's working for you here and actually two of the guys that i met are some of my my best friends now which is dj sackman and marcus hodges
0: I don't know if you're familiar with them both. I know Marcus played in the same conference I did with college. I uh, heard he was a hooper okay. back then. So, yeah, free yeah. shots. I haven't gotten in touch with him. But before we before we get to where you are now, you mentioned briefly sometimes you thought it wasn't the best. What happened to make you think that?
1: When you are, you know, you're working your butt, you're you're sh- you're sweating out there. You're outside. I was outside, and when you start to see some kids going here and going there, and not that they're not working out with you, but other people are pushing them in other directions. And you're just, you know, there's some doubt that comes in. If Is this really going to work? Is this going to go? You know, because my my end goal was, because I was a teacher at the time, teaching U.S. history. And my end goal was to obviously not teach and just go at it. So there was, you know, there were some fears there. I'll tell you the one person who encouraged me to, to quit the teaching was DJ. He said, "When you quit, it's it's going to, it's going to take off." You know, um, and there was fear at that time. I had my oldest daughter, and then we had twins on the way. So quitting was a little bit. Uh, it didn't seem like it was the best time with twins on the way. You know, but uh, when I did quit, uh, I will say that. DJ was right. It, it did go up, but I wouldn't tell him too much. You know, he, you don't want to, you, <laughs> you, you don't want to give DJ too much confidence.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> but uh, it did, it did really, it re- went well, man. I mean, that first fall was, it was like almost doubled. It was crazy. And
0: whole oh, fall? No, it doubled. That was good, so like man. around August, like before the school year started? So
1: like, yeah, so right when, like late August, just people started signing up for the Academy in September and October were, I don't know, I mean, I, I, I probably had at that time 25, 25, to maybe 30 kids in the program in terms of the Academy, my monthly program, you know, and that jumped up to about 50 to 55 um, in those, those months, which was a blessing <laughs> it was crazy, you know. But, yeah, man, that's, that's uh, the way it went at that,
0: at that point. But uh, go ahead. Well, oh, so, man, that, so that's interesting because that's usually the basketball season for you guys, right?
1: Well, basketball season starts, like, November. So oh, okay. during basketball season definitely drops, at least for the older kids. It doesn't necessarily drop for the – for middle school, I would say it drops mostly when the AAU season picks up. But during the season, like my older groups will drop, you know, big time because they got practice and it's just harder to manage a schedule of practice, training, school, and you know, it's tough. Not to not to mention navigate to my place when there's traffic in
0: the evening and stuff like that. So, right, right. And well, first off, you joined Impossible. You had Micah. You had DJ Sackman. Were those guys huge back then? I know it was just like four years ago, and this industry is still fairly new, but.
1: Yeah, I would say, I mean, Micah was the reason um, I, you know, so when before I had jumped on, like I knew that I needed to improve as a trainer. I thought I was good. I just, you know, i said, okay, if I'm going to, if this is what I'm going to do, I need to be, I need to be the best around, you know. So I would, you know, I, I, I bought Gannon Baker DVDs, I bought Micah DVDs, I would look at, videos on youtube i mean i think i may have seen every single training video there was on youtube at that point um i mean tyler ralph was up and coming at that time i would say the biggest guys of that time were mike uh um obviously gannon gannon's the one who started this whole thing he's like Um, by you isn't he he's close to you yeah 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 he's he's, uh up north i've actually never met him i mean he's like the pioneer of this whole this whole business so which is pretty cool so I just you know I just went and tried to improve and and I really liked Micah's philosophy Uh, I liked what he was doing and uh, um, one day I just kind of went up and went to the certification Uh, that's where I met Marcus Marcus was at the same certification I was and uh, I joined on with them and I continued to tr- to to invest in, and travel around to different camps with uh, different trainers and
0: just volunteered work. Let me ask you about that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but
1: yeah, it's all
0: right. When you say you invest in different camps, I know it's putting out on the table. Like Damon Altizer, I he has a camp. It's not even a camp; it's a project. Is what he calls it. It's the next, project. yeah, 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 yeah. And me being fairly new, I'm going up there. And oh, something, something just tells me though, like even if I had to pay for this, you know, it seems like camps where you do do pro bono work, you do volunteer. That even if it's a long trip, you said you invested. I'm assuming plane tickets, traveling. Why is it worth it?
1: Uh, well, the, I went there with a notebook, and I took notes, and I watched how these guys, these guys taught the game. Uh. I watched the purpose. Uh, these guys are obviously uh are doing we're having a level of success. They were travelling around, kids were showing up to their camps, so there was something to be said about that and, and so the hardest part I think the hardest thing is to invest in yourself. Um, and you know, to make that those things I probably went to about four or five in that first year that time we maybe didn't have all that funds to do that but certainly paid off in the long run and and it's it's definitely worth it um you're gonna go there damon brings in i was actually gonna go myself i don't i don't think i can make it but damon brings in um other trainers as well i mean you are going to learn from those guys everyone has their own style uh there's not one way to improve uh Or there's not one way to train a kid. Every kid learns in different ways. So uh, I think it's certainly worth it. I mean, you know, select the ones who feel like the guys are going to definitely put the knowledge out there and you can learn from them. Uh, Don't just go to any camp.
0: You know what I mean? For sure. And kind of a weird transition, but... I think I saw early on, man, you started training guys from Deutschland, from from Spain, from Argentina, really early. How did you get these high-level players, the overseas players, so quickly? And would you say that they are your bre- – not bread and butter, but they're your favorite to train or you enjoy training them because that's your strong suit? Or So two questions. Uh, How did you get them so quickly? And
1: So being in Miami – there's a lot of players that are here over the summer and there's a league here. That's just, it's, it's a pretty good league. You know, there's a there's guys that play overseas. It's filled with overseas guys. and Occasionally some NBA guys jump in there. You know, basically I was just putting myself out there letting them know, you know, I was active on Instagram and I would I just, just kind of picked it up with word of mouth. People were, People were saying, hey, go work with this guy. Hey, you should work. Go check him out. And that's kind of how it now, as far as the Argentinians. There is a coach in Argentina. His name is Oscar Webo Sanchez, and he's a pretty popular guy there in Argentina. And uh, he invited me to one of his camps Well, his son had been following us. Uh, when I say us, I mean, he has been following on Impossible Training and he'd been following me. And we started communicating through Instagram and Finally, we, we figured out a way to get me down there. And then, I mean, they loved it. I mean, they were – when you go <laughs> – if you go to another place that has a passion for basketball, obviously the place they want to go to is the United States because basketball is number one here, you know. I mean, they loved it. I mean, they asked for your autograph like you're a player. I mean, they all want it. They all want to take a picture. So it's, it's a pretty uh, cool experience. And uh, from that, everyone in in Latin America, South America, they all vacation in Miami. So then you get the parents coming here to vacation, and then they they want you to train their kids as far as the kids portion. They want so a lot of times they'll they'll be staying for a week and they'll come train two or three times with me. So basically, just kind of as far as the overseas guys here early on was just word of mouth with a, a lot of guys that I know that play in the men's leagues around here in Miami. I play in the men's leagues as well, just creating relationships with people. I think I told you on a conversation. I, I mean, that's the, that's the biggest key to success is relationships. You know, I think that's key to life as well. You know, just being able to be relational with people and create friendships that last you know?
0: And everybody, uh, Coach Moran speaks Spanish. He's bilingual, so um, he didn't tell you all that. But, Coach, for for people who want to learn a a second language, how would you recommend them? Do you need to download Duolingo or just get around Spanish speakers? Because I know that's helped you in your business, too.
1: Well, definitely. I mean, uh, for me, I've I've lived in Hispanic neighborhoods my whole life, so I've always heard Spanish. I've been familiar with it. You know, then I took it in school, which helped with the the grammatical part of it and and being able to speak grammatically correct. But the only way to learn is to speak. To just try and fail, say it wrong, but say it. You know, get it out and do the best you can. And, And you keep on doing it. You're going to you're going to start picking it up. But for me, for my case, I'm here in Miami. You can go to any. Grocery store, any place, and most of the employees will prefer to speak in Spanish. Some of them can't even speak English. There are certain parts of Miami where pretty much Spanish is the first language. You know, like I said, you can live here if you wanted to and not learn English and still be fine.
0: Wow, so it's almost a must. So you're in Miami. What were you doing for gym time? And that's a that's a big area, right? I'm sure it's tough to get. Space. Yeah, so, have your own now. Yeah, but... so
1: in the big, be- yeah, so in the beginning, I, uh, I didn't use a gym. I was just outside. I was just outside, uh, and I went outside for about four or five hours a day. Uh, it's nice weather out there the winter, so You can't do that, right? <laughs> well, well, during the winter, it's great. You know, uh, it doesn't rain too much in the winter, and the weather's nice. But when spring and summer come around, it's hot, and it's it's tough. Then it rains a lot, so and then you're canceling. So that was the biggest struggle early on, too, always canceling because of weather. Because it does rain; it's actually pouring down rain right now as we speak. So, wow, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, and I think that's the. I think gym time is is the toughest for any any trainer. I mean, obviously, there's some that get it pretty quickly, but I think that's the. I think that's the toughest thing in this business, is being able to acquire gym time. And for the amount of time that you want it, not just a lot of times. And so then, the, remember I told you I was a teacher at this school, and I trained some of the administrator's kids, and school ended up building a brand-new gym. So when they built that gym, I was able to start my academy at that point. So before, yeah, in the backyard, I was only doing privates and – and small group training when i uh got the gym i started my academy so i was able to rent four hours a week from them and it's like they, one group
0: session pretty much like one group session per day almost.
1: yeah yeah so they would pay a monthly fee and they would they would come twice a week
0: oh yeah that is how you guys uh run at i'm Possible, right you don't train every day of the week you say hey here's some stuff work on it by the time we come back you need to be at least somewhat sound in it and we go to yeah. the next phase
1: yeah so in the academy they would come twice a week and then that also allows for people that maybe can't afford the one-on-one stuff like that but uh, so the gym i was able to use that gym and then whenever whenever there was other open times i was able to get in the gym a little more but it was tough because when, where I was doing my privates and my small groups was on the opposite end of town, so when I started the academy there, I had to kind of create a new clientele on that side of town, which was tough, but again, there were there were people there supporting me and bringing kids, and you know, you do things for certain people, and they, they help you out. You work with some of the, there were some coaches there, you, you help out with their kids, and... They send you more kids, you know. So sometimes you do
0: some pro bono to to help you in the long run, uh, and I think that's really important. So you even as well, I consider you far along as you are. You still did pro bono because I know some guys were like, ah, "No more free work, man. I can't do any more free work. Can't afford it." But
1: well, I mean that early on. That's that's. Uh, I mean that was early on. I mean that's that's about four years ago. Uh. I'm not gonna say that I never ever do pro bono anymore, but you know, I'm, I mean, your time is now. You know, a lot of people want to train, so it, it gets tougher. But I always try to assess, and and the the issue is that everyone says they can't pay, but or everyone can't pay that price point. But but they really can. It just here is very. Uh, let's 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 negotiate the price. But uh, it's all good, you know. Um, Again, I'm having uh, some success here. Uh, I have a great team. My wife is a huge part of the business. She does the whole back end. She handles the administration and the the website, and she does a great job of it. And in that part, it's been great because to manage the training and manage – all the other aspects of the business it gets hard and it's hard to let other people do it because you 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 think you're doing it the best but then your time gets limited and you're spread too thin so to have her as a, a good teammate it's been it's been pretty amazing
0: oh man that's great uh i know Oh, hope other guys can do that too and that's the whole reason behind this. And this is the podcast, good, but the, the website, the Hoops Institute stuff, is for yeah. many women who don't have wives like yours who can handle the back end and they can Correct. have help with the structure, the business part, because this is starting to become an actual, legitimate, sustainable business income. So I know a lot of people are trying to get into it, and the market's going to be flooded if it's not even flooded now. But um, the, the last question I want to ask you, unless you want to speak on that, is. You have 26,000 followers, right? And yeah. I think you've given me some advice beforehand on Instagram and, and how to grow a following. How What would you say, because you have DJ, you have Marcus, you have some big-time guys on your account sometimes. What would you say your biggest help is with growing it numbers-wise and has it helped you with your local brick and mortar?
1: Yeah, so I would say early on I didn't spend so much time on it which I wish I had so that would be why, why my following is a little bit less than the other guys they were they were highly active on it I wasn't as active I wasn't I wasn't big on the social media just aspect of social media seems to be like you know me 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 but in a yeah, sense but,
0: sometimes really yeah, fake but yeah
1: right but um, when I stopped and really understood like what well, okay what am I using it for then then no problem. So one thing that's helped me lately is I post every single day. If the more active your account is, the more, I guess, I don't know, now Instagram's on some sort of algorithm that your stuff pops up in different areas and I think certain people see it. You know, I'm not sure exactly. But, you know, with these guys, they put me on their pages. uh, I put them on mine. So we're sharing each other's stuff, and I think that is probably the main thing that helps the growth. You're They're putting you on theirs. Their followers are seeing you. They're jumping on yours. I think the fact that I went to some of these international places early on, I got a lot of following internationally. I got a big following internationally, So, uh, in terms of Spanish-speaking countries at least. But, yeah, I would say being active on it and being able to share, being able for other people to share on their accounts your stuff, so that it gets circled around on Instagram. And then, you know, there's the shout-outs and things like that that uh, uh, I think some people do.
0: I don't get this vibe from you, but of course, I'm possible. You guys are a family. It's, it's, it's tight-knit, I would assume. Do you all... Because I know with Ryan, I was going to ask, Ryan, you look out for Ryan. It seems like, he, like he's a little brother, you know, and he's not too far away from you.
1: Yeah, I try. I try to... I try to help him as much as possible. He's a young kid, really hungry, and I mean, he really works hard and he invests in himself. He he goes into to different places to try to learn, also, you know. And um, you know, there's so many trainers now that I don't know them all. But early on, it was we're pretty close. I, I mean, we still are. Um, everyone's busy, though, you know. I mean, I I try to help Ryan as much as possible. He's helped me when I've needed him here. Uh, there's another guy, Sean. Who's over in like Lakeland and Tampa, and that's that's my man. He's helped me so many times when I had to go out of town. Came down to Miami, and he, I mean, he's ready to help almost any time. He's getting he's getting really busy too, so it's it's tough to use these guys. But I'm now getting some good local help, and and that's been good as well. But yeah, I would say tight fit. I mean, if someone hits me up on Instagram, I usually answer them back, whether they're I mean, a trainer's that have me up. I usually answer in the back, whether they're whatever their whatever their company is or whatever they do. Like Ben. Yeah, like Ben. Well, this is what happens that Ben. So one of the guys that one of the trainers that I just hired, who was my player in high school when I was coaching, he went. He played in college with Ben. So that's how uh-huh. uh, that's how I know Ben as well. But yeah, Ben, and then um, you know, I, I I've spoken to Damon a lot. Uh, Damon's a good guy, and that's obviously great work. You're gonna go up there and check out his his thing. So, I mean, I'm pretty open to to share and and stuff. I mean, you're you're gonna be successful. And just continue to work and build and and help others around you. So, I think I think that's important too.
0: For sure, man. I, and Ben said you were like really integral to his success like I said I don't know what you told him but Ben said you definitely I asked him a slight few people who've looked out for him who've helped him get to where he is and he you were one of the significant ones that he said that helped out so I was curious about that anything else those is kind of wrapping up the questions that I have for the for the interview. I know you have to work out a little too soon do you have anything else you want to add and if not where can we find you and, and start to follow you
1: Uh, Well, actually, my Instagram is it's impossible training underscore Miami had it for a while, but my academy is is Miami Hoop School. So if you go to my website, it's MiamiHoopSchool.com. So I'll probably be changing maybe my Instagram soon, but not I'm not sure exactly yet what I'm going to do. So find me on Instagram as
0: impossible training underscore Miami. Got it. Coach, man, I appreciate your time and the interview. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, man, thank you for having me on again. I think you're doing a, a cool thing. I think this
1: is great. Great for you, great for others. Uh, listen to a couple of the podcasts, and some of the fans, and I'm um, trying to listen to the one of Jordan. Jordan's a cool guy. Met him a couple of times he's good friends with dj also it's a good way to connect and learn so you're doing a you doing a great job
0: man i appreciate that and uh hope you have a good day man have a good weekend all right man Thanks for tuning in to Basketball to Business Podcast. If you like what you heard, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Snapchat at mysonjones. And if you are not like me and don't need to burn on bridges, quit your day job, and only bank on a plan A, and you want to make some money on the side by doing basketball training, check out www.hoopsinstitute.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial. Until next time, and remember... Remember, you are not alone in your journey to reach your dreams.